Thanks for waking up with WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Welcome on board the KOK Sunrise. So glad to see you on the radio. So glad that our fabulous producer, Mr. Rob Center, is back on board. We're glad to see him over there and very happy that everybody is in their place today. One of the individuals in place right at the moment is our interview of the day. John Zaktansky's on the line. He's the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper and Executive Director of the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper Association. He's overseeing the nonprofit organization that has a big footprint around here and is making a big difference and really kind of raising up the Susquehanna River and make sure that it's uh, not just crossed over on the bridge but is uh, visited, touched, and uh, and touches us. Uh, welcome aboard, John. Thanks for calling in. Sure. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate that. We always ask you to kind of give us a, a re-glimpse of what the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper does. So tell us about this association and this leadership that you're providing for the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper Post. Sure. Uh, we work with a, uh, we cover an 11,000 square mile watershed. So basically every a uh, piece of land in Pennsylvania that ultimately empties into uh, the middle Susquehanna section of the Susquehanna River. So uh, that covers everything along the north branch all the way up through close to the New York border and the west branch all the way out to where it begins in uh, Cambria and Clearfield counties. So uh, basically everywhere uh, throughout there that uh, any tributaries or streams or, or whatever that feeds into the Susquehanna River, we, we work hard to protect those streams from potential polluters and issues, and we also work to promote those uh, areas to people to get outdoors and enjoy them and, and develop a, a vested interest in them as well. All right, and so what does that entail then? You'll have uh, projects, appearances, monitoring, uh, sort of explain how, the, the, how we'll see you in the years ahead and how we've already seen you. Sure, it's a mixed bag, and obviously, uh, you know, coronavirus impacted how we could do live events over the past year, and that's changing somewhat for this coming year. And we're excited about doing some more live programming. But uh, we've uh, developed our, our website, MiddlesusquehannaRiverkeeper.org, to become an informational hub, so to speak, of various environmental issues. Uh, so there's a blog uh, that has. Uh, more than 130 posts at this point from the past year and plenty more planned in the, in the coming days, weeks, and months ahead, uh, looking at a wide variety of issues from microplastics to fracking concerns to acid mine drainage and, and, and other issues, and then also um, promoting uh, some of the cool aspects, the therapeutic and recreational environmental I I positives uh, from along our waterways. And so where will we see you? Will we see you streamside? I know sojourns have been short or longer sojourns have been part of this, plus classrooms. Uh, explain, you know, how we'll get a chance to actually see you and where you'll be. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, it, we're out uh, enjoying the Susquehanna River and, and Pine Creek and, and doing different um, sampling events and stuff like that, but also we have a, a heron program coming up here in June. Where we're going to be working with a bunch of young kids uh, throughout a, a week uh, in June, and uh, we have floating classrooms on the Hiawatha in July, August, and September, and um, a, a bunch of other cool opportunities to engage with people. And um, obviously, we're always available with a phone call or an email away if someone has a, a concern or question to share. All right. So now. 
Tell us about the Songs of the Susquehanna, one of the latest projects that uh, you have overseen. Sure. We, we were looking for a creative way to engage a new audience, uh, people that, uh, that tell them about the river and, and the issues and the, the positive aspects that we that are connected to it, and we, we also knew a, a wide variety of musicians, really talented region of musicians throughout our area, uh, perhaps a, a hidden jewel when it comes to the talent and passion that our, our music, musicians bring to the table. A lot of them have been struggling without live events over the past year, so we wanted to give them a creative outlet to uh, create original songs about the river and then to use those to engage new people throughout the greater watershed, and it's been a, a really big hit for us. We've had 46 songs from 36 different musicians or musical groups covering a wide variety of, of topics uh, concerning the river, and uh, we were able to take that and uh, get feedback online and, and you know, use our board and, and others to give, give feedback and to narrow the list down to our top 20 uh, playlist of, of different pieces that are on our final CD, and we're working on an online downloadable uh, playlist as well. Okay, so uh, we have an excerpt. We're going to play one excerpt in this uh, opportunity to talk to you, and then another one at 740. Uh, this is called Susquehanna, The River Called Her Name. It's from K.J. Riemann Snyder Wagner. It's a song some folks may have already heard around here. Oh, Susquehanna, the river called her name. Susquehanna. Life is not a game, Susquehanna. Like the river, she would roam. Near the Susquehanna, river was her home. Now, in that particular case, that good song already existed. Uh, KJ's performed that and has already recorded it, so that uh, that already existed. Did folks have to write some songs for this, or did you just find out that there were there was already great music and songs and poetry dedicated to the river, and you were just going to try to give it a main channel, so to speak? Well, it, it was kind of a both, to be honest. Uh, there were certain songs out there, and we weren't sure what to expect, so we just kind of opened it up to any type of song related to the river. And so we, we received some songs that were out there for quite a while. There's a, a Susquehanna pirate song from Fire in a Glen that a lot of people had heard uh, south of us in, in various venues uh, previously, but then there were ones that were written specifically for this project. Uh, Return to Blue from Johanna Kodlik was a good example of that, of, of a, a recent situation she went through with her father passing from COVID a year ago, actually this month, and how the, um, going to the river and using the river as a, a, a way to work through those concerns and issues and to grieve, and uh, it, it was just a really cool, powerful song. So it was a neat combination of songs that were out there. Uh, some have been out there for a little while. Other ones are brand new, and um, it, you know, nowhere else can you get this collection of cool songs uh, than, than on the CD. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, some of them are uh, sort of silly and fun, like Fanny and the Susquehanna, and the uh, also the pirate song you mentioned that. So th those are kind of fun. But then, as you mentioned, some of the songs are really uh, deep and poignant, and uh, you know, really poetic, and really just uh, call to you about uh, the uh, the real character and the fabric of the Susquehanna River. As we talk about this, how can folks get this? Uh, CD. 
they can go to our website, middlesusquehannariverkeeper.org, and there's a, a link at the top for Song Project, and you can purchase it right online on our website there. You can stop in at our office at 112 Market Street, Sunbury, and pick up a copy in person. Um, that we can do that, or however, however works best for you. I've been mailing out a number of copies to various people throughout not just our state, but well beyond that as well. So right. um, we're definitely looking to accommodate people however best works for them. Or handing them out at parking lots wherever. Happy to see pesky news reporters out there. So I appreciate the <laughs> CD that you gave us. And we'll keep that here at the station and make sure that folks can listen to it if they uh, might be interested. Go to middlesusquehannariverkeeper.org if you're interested. And you are selling it as a fundraiser. Explain how that works. Sure. The the original part portion of the project, we, we had it open for donations, and all the donations we received went to cover costs for developing the CDs, and then we also sent out checks with the rest le- leftover donations. In fact, we just finished that up to uh, musicians on the final playlist um, to be able to give them some money back, and um, it was pretty cool to be able to do that. A lot of them were really appreciative of being able to have something coming back from the work they've done. And then now that we are selling the CD, the money we raised off of that goes right back into the Middle Susquehanna Riverkeeper Association for the wide gamut of programs and, and projects and uh, opportunities that we're involved with right now. Well, we just uh, went through a Agnes Remembered opportunity where we talked about the flooding that's associated with the Agnes, so there's certainly times when the river becomes a really big part of our lives. But I think uh, maybe your main advocacy is to make sure that uh, folks somehow connect to this water. I mean, a lot of us wouldn't hesitate to go to the shore, but we might not visit the shores of the Susquehanna. So uh, just tr- let's try to uh, place that in folks' mind before we finish up this particular segment, this idea that, uh, as the, some of the songs indicate, the river is calling us to reconnect. Yeah, especially after this past year with the pandemic, I think we've all had a good reminder of the importance of being out on the waterways, and uh, whether it's just fishing with with um, your kids or with friends or being out in some kayaks or whatever the case may be, there's a, an opportunity to unplug from the endless um, uh, drive of, of all the stuff that's going on that can be overwhelming and anxiety-ridden and just kind of de- de-stress a little bit along our waterways. And uh, it's been pretty impressive to see. And I've worked in a, for numerous years in the past with, with kids and, and who've struggled with a variety of issues, and taking them out on the waterway has really been a a big benefit for them and uh, just need to see that transformation as they get out there and and start focusing on casting a line or or paddling a kayak or whatever the case may be and how uh, it just calms them down and gets them away from the screen and and, and from some of the other stressors that they're dealing with and uh, it's a really cool therapeutic moment. Well and therapeutic isn't just a uh, it's not a whimsical thought you've probably read about research that says uh, you know us connecting with water is uh, it's not a euphoric situation, but it's a very, it, it, it's almost, it, it's inevitably calming. It's, it's just really powerful. Um, you know, I, I worked at a group home uh, about 10 years ago, uh, maybe a little more than that now, with um, some struggling teenagers um, from all over the state with a variety of major issues on really high-powered medications. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't connect with them anywhere near as well um, through all of that until we went out and started doing fishing trips with them, camping trips with them, horseback riding, you know, a whole bunch of cool outdoor experiences where they had to let their guard down. And when they did, uh, they found some healing in that aspect, and it was just really powerful to see. 
Well, and I remember your predecessor, Carol Perenson, connected with a group of inmates who were uh, probably close to release, but to reconnect them with water. And for some of them, they'd never touched the water, and uh, many reported a life-changing experience from it. We are going to take a break. When we come back, I have another excerpt of the CD to play. I shouldn't have chosen it because I can't say it. Otsen Otsen uh, is what I'm going to say, the song by Barbara Duncan. So we'll hear that. Just a really uh, haunting, poignant song. So that will be coming up, and we'll talk about some of the other projects. And uh, the Vernal Pools, you were talking about those in your blog recently. And we'll try to make sure that we uh, talk about the, the Susquehanna River. Uh, you will stand by. I'm going to put you on hold, John. Is that okay? Yep, sounds great. That is uh, John Zaktansky. He is the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper, MiddleSusquehannaRiverKeeper.org. When we do come back, we'll talk about the floating classrooms that are coming up. Uh, we'll talk about the need for fundraising, why supporting the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper Association is, an, uh, is an advantageous. And we'll hear another excerpt of songs of the Susquehanna. We had mentioned that, plus he's got a busy, busy time. We'll name some names about uh, folks that have done some artwork associated with uh, the uh, Middle Susquehanna River Keeper as well. That'll be back at 7.40 this morning. News, sports, AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. We are right in the middle of our interview with John Zaktansky. He's the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper. He's been a reporter for the Daily Adam. Still keeps the Daily Adam up to date with a lot of the activities going on associated with uh, the uh, River Keeper program and just things that are going on in central Pennsylvania related to the outdoors. He's executive director of the Middle Susquehanna River Keeper Association. So welcome back, John. Thanks for calling in. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, you have opportunities to reach out to the public and to young people coming up. So tell us about floating classrooms. Sure. Uh, we're doing six floating classroom sessions. They're hour-long sessions that you can find on the Hiawatha paddle boat up in Williamsport. And um, so there's uh, sessions on mac macro invertebrates and, and connecting kids with some of these cool little creatures and why they're so important. There's one looking at snakes and uh, looking at, uh, at other species. There's a history-based theme uh, as well. And it's pretty cool uh, just because it's a really unique way. Uh, when you think of a classroom, you don't think of uh, being on a paddle boat and uh, going up and down the river and there's no better place to learn about some of these river-based issues and, and gain a better appreciation for them than being on the paddle boat. Is this going to develop lifelong interests in the in the river and water and aquatic studies and so on? Uh, we're hoping so, yeah. The, the more the more time we get people on the river, it's amazing even though we all have lived in river towns, most of us, most of our lives, I think a lot of us don't realize some of the beauty and, and, and cool aspects and resources that our river and the tributaries locally have. And to be able to reconnect people with those, is uh, it's going to spark something in them that hopefully will last a lifetime. Well, I think the kids uh, in particular are going to walk away with a, a sense of ownership of the river, you know, that it is part of their area. There happen where you end up with you to the environment. And, and I think a lot of our website as well, we park their passion for the outdoors. It, it's some kind of way with their parents and um, over versus of being on the water. Being along the shoreline, uh, you know, I hold on to. Uh, the Susquehanna River keeps on lately. Interviews and connects with different people every week for, and each week we to, uh, yeah. recently interviewed the, the 
the pen environment study that and it was neat because a uh, blog post that actually was other officials including the, some of these microplastic studies including uh, potentially on washing machines these agents getting into our waterways well we haven't talked much about it can you just give us another quick sentence when you're talking about micro microplastics where do they come from and how does that work Sure. Uh, microplastics um, are basically everywhere, uh, unfortunately, but uh, there's a wide variety of different um, types. Um, one of the most prolific in our waterways that, that have been found are microfibers or synthetic fibers that come from clothing. And um, actually washing machines, especially top-loading washing machines, have been shown to release thousands upon thousands of these little fibers into the waterway. Um, you know, with each with each load, and um, those go out uh, into wells or into um, you know into the the, in the environment. And water treatment facilities aren't equipped at this time to be able to filter all those out. So uh, they get into the waterways, and the ramifications of what they do within our waterways are still being researched. But uh, at this point, we're just seeing more and more uh, research coming back through from, from from various people just about the proliferation of it and the amount of it that's in our waterways. And, and um, hopefully it's going to spark some change and some improvements uh, as we try to cut back on that. Well, yeah, it was a big eye-opener to find out how pharmaceuticals do the same thing. We consume them, expel them, and they go right into the Susquehanna River in our waterways and even through our sewage systems and septic systems. And so uh, when you take a pill, so, so, do, so do the bass in the river and all the other aquatic organisms and everything in between. Uh, so it's uh, something very much uh, that needs to be talked about. Uh, you also talked about some vernal pools near Sunbury. So I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about how you found out about those and what they are. And if folks want to see them, I guess probably have to wait till after a rain shower at this point. But uh, tell us about those. Sure. Yeah, vernal pools are really cool uh, features that uh, pop up in the springtime. They're natural depressions that hold water for a period of time. It could be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. And um, one of our recent podcasts interviewed John Beam from the Montauk Preserve uh, about the importance of vernal pools and what they are and ultimately they're a, a breeding place for a variety of species of frogs and salamanders and other creatures. Uh, the, the benefits are they're really shallow so the water gets warm quickly which um, sparks growth and, and um, hatching for them and, and they're also areas that aren't wet year-round so they don't sustain fish life and other predators so it's a natural area without a lot of predators where these uh, creatures can um, you know, lay their eggs and young can hatch and uh, it's a valuable part of our ecosystem and uh, I think a lot of people don't even realize they're there and uh, by the summertime or even uh, with the dry, we've had a, a drier spring in general I'm thankful for some rain coming up here this week but uh, you know some of those vernal pools are starting to dry up now and um, so it, but they're, they play a valuable part in our ecosystem and, and in sharing out John uh, Beam's podcast and some information about that we um, hooked up with Doug Fessler who um, mentioned about some vernal pools just outside of Sunbury that he had seen, and he was concerned about some four-wheeler tracks and other stuff kind of cutting through some of those. And uh, so we raised some awareness by getting that out there and, and encouraging people to um, you know, be safe around and be smart around these vernal pools and not to destroy them. Right. It's just a, such a sensitive area and so full of life. If the same four-wheeler had stopped at a safe distance and looked in and, and seen what was going on there, you certainly would never drive through something like that. So really, thank you to Doug for that. You've also had some young people contribute some artwork uh, to your latest blog. 
Yeah, for Earth Day, we were trying to find something that we could do that, again, was um, you know safe. We, we were trying to avoid having gathering-type events. Hopefully for next year we can. But we, we encouraged young people to do up posters of ways that they can realistically make changes for the river. And then um, we have this really cool um, space along Market Street in Sunbury with some windows uh, opportunities. So I was like, this is cool. We'll get some of these posters in. We'll post it for people walking through as they walk over to the river wall as far as reminders. And... Um, we, we had some really good posters, some some opportunity for these kids to think about things they could do in their homes uh, to make an impact. Um, one of them, uh, an eight-year-old from Sealand's Grove, Liam Creams, did a poster about cutting back on um, some of the chemicals that we use, from bug sprays to weed killers and even Lysol wipes and some of that stuff that can ultimately wind up in our ecosystem. And, um, you know, it's just a neat uh, collection of, of, uh, of showing how um, you know, these young people are, are making a difference. Well, yeah, and I, I was inspired by the posters. The kids are so informed at a young age. It's taken me decades to forget half of this stuff, and they, they already know it, and it looks like they're going to hold on to it. You talk about trophic cascade in the blog as well. Explain how that's a, a, a real issue. Yeah, a trophic cascade uh, basically is the, the aspect where uh, changes in the ecosystem start at the top instead of the bottom. Typically, they, they start at the bottom and work their way up through a food web um, an example of that is in Yellowstone Park, where a number of years ago they reintroduced wolves to um, the, um, the to Yellowstone, and people weren't sure what to expect. They obviously impa- expected an impact on deer uh, herds and and some of the other prey that the wolves would impact. But uh, I don't think anyone expected the long-range ripple effect of what happened. It actually, uh, over time, changed the course of rivers within the park and, and a variety of other things, just because the wolves would would feed upon some of these uh, species. Uh, the species would change their habits and not go to certain waterway areas, which then allowed plant life to grow up. And then there was less erosion, which then led to uh, a change in, in some of the river patterns. And, and just a wide variety. Uh, and the reason I shared it was, to me, it's a really good example of how we, at the top of, of the food chain here locally, what we do impacts um, areas of the ecosystem that we never would have anticipated. And it was just kind of a way to say, all right, you know, if, if throwing a couple of wolves in the Yellowstone Park can drastically change almost every type of species you can think of in, in the park, imagine what we do on a daily basis and how we impact our, our local ecosystem and don't even realize it from the top down. Well, I, we're going to have to stop there. I want to play another, but please hold that thought, and uh, let's come back in a month and talk more about our role uh, preventing, uh, probably touching off at this moment, a trophic cascade and our role in preventing one. Here's another 30-second excerpt of uh, the Songs of the Susquehanna Project, the CD, Susquehanna CD. Here's that. <laughs> Just a sentence or two about Atsanax and the song, please. Sure, yep. No, Barbara Duncan submitted it, and the uh, the word is actually the Susquehannock name for where the two branches of the, the Susquehanna meet. 
Uh, it was actually an old ancient psych, uh, sacred site where tribes met peacefully, and the word itself means place of spirits. So uh, she kind of plays off of that and, and kind of pulls that through the song and kind of teaches people about this, this word that most people don't even realize is out there. It's kind of a neat, neat word and a neat song. Well, and it's a haunting, uh, poignant song, so we really appreciate her uh, writing it and recording it and sending it to you and you putting it on the songs of this uh, Susquehanna CD. The CD with uh, 20 comparable great uh, songs associated with the river uh, is at middlesusquehannariverkeeper.org. You can buy the CD uh, from that location. Uh, Will we see you at some of the activities that are happening in the weeks and months ahead? We'll see you out and about. Sounds great. I look forward to seeing as many people as possible and connecting with people and, and ultimately making a difference. All right, keep in touch, John. You have an open mic here anytime, so let's stay in touch, and we'll have your updates on occasionally. Thank you, sir. Yep, thank you. We appreciate it. That is John Zaktansky, Middle Susquehanna Riverkeeper, Executive Director of the Middle Susquehanna Riverkeeper Association. Uh, the Susquehanna CD is out, middlesusquehannariverkeeper.org, the place to get lots more information about that.